0: 2 Kings chapter 1, I'm going to read from verse 1 on Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of Ahab. Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of Ahab. Now Ahaziah fell through the lattice of his upper room in Samaria and was injured. So he sent messengers and said to them, Go inquire of Baal Zabab, the god of Ekron, whether I shall recover from this injury. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Arise, go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and say to them, Is it because there is no god in Israel that you are going to inquire of Baal Zabab, the god of Akron. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord, you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up. You shall surely die. So Elijah departed. When the messengers returned to him, he said to them, why have you come back? So they said to him, a man came up to meet us and said to us, go return to the king who sent you. And say to him, Thus says the Lord, Is it because there is no God in Israel that you are sending to inquire of baal the God of Akron? Therefore, you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. Then he said to them, What kind of man was it who came up to meet you and told you these words? So they answered him, a hairy man wearing a leather belt around his waist. And he said, it's Elijah the Tishbite. Then the king sent to him a captain of 50 with his 50 men. So he went up to him and there he was sitting on the top of a hill. And he spoke to him, man of God, the king has said, come down. So Elijah answered and said to the Captain of fifty, if I am a man of God, then let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your fifty men. And fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. Then he sent to him another captain of fifty with his fifty men. And he answered and said to him, man of God, thus has the king said, come down quickly. So Elijah answered and said to them, If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your fifty men. And the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. Again, he sent a third captain of fifty with his fifty men. And the third captain of fifty went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah and pleaded with him and said to him, Man of God. Please let my life and the life of these fifty servants of yours be precious in your sight. Look, fire has come down from heaven and burned up the first two captains of fifties with their fifties. Let my life now be precious in your sight. And the angels of the Lord said to Elijah, go down with him. Do not be afraid of him. So he arose and went down with him to the king. Now, we can continue. Um, here a few more, and just read and finish off uh, this chapter. And see what the Lord has for us today. Verse fifteen. And the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, "Go down with him. Do not be afraid of him." So he arose and went down with him to the king. Then he said to him, "Thus says the Lord, because you have sent messengers to inquire." Of zebab, the God of Ekron, is it because there is no God in Israel to inquire of his word? therefore you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die so Ahaziah, so Ahaziah died according to the word of the Lord, which Elijah had spoken because he had no son. Jehoram became king in his place in the second year of Jerome, the son of Jehoshaphat, King of Judah. Now the rest of the Acts of Ahaziah, which he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? Eighteen verses are in this chapter. The portion that God brought to me to speak this evening while I was praying, um, a few minutes ago. In the Bible study was how the fire of God came and burned down the 50 men. God gave the word to Elijah. God gave the word to Elijah. See, when truth is there, when people don't seek the truth and they go elsewhere, God sees that. God is speaking to a heart of his hour. When truth is there, who is truth? God himself is the truth. When truth is there, instead of going to God, Francis, when people go to the enemy, what happens? God sees that. Ahaziah fell through the lattice of his upper room in Samaria and was injured. And something happened to him. He was injured. When Elijah was there, instead of inquiring the Lord, he sent messengers to inquire of Baal the god of Ekron. Instead of going to the Lord God Almighty, where there's a prophet in Israel, Elijah, He went to the devil. God saw that. God saw that. We have a God who sees everything. All-knowing God. Our God is called the all-knowing God. Nothing is hidden from his eyes. So when this man, king, was injured, instead of going to the prophet, when he went to inquire, of Baal Zabab, the god of Ekron, this pagan god, whether I shall recover from this injury or not, why would he do that? Because in his mind, oh, Elijah hears from God, and if I go and ask him, he's going to give me a negative answer. He may say what God has to say, so let me go to the devil, and let me see what the devil says. Can anything good come out of the devil? If we leave the protection of God, can anything good come out of or outside the protection of God? God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. When Naomi left Israel, and when she thought, I can go to Moab, all this prosperity in Moab, Oh, there's famine in Israel. And she thought she can escape that famine by going to Moab. She faced death after death after death. Until what she had was all gone from her. There she was, alone. A married woman thought everything is good. A lot of times it happens to people when they leave God for a short time. It looks like we're having fun. We're having fun. Their sons got married. Both sons got married. They took daughters from Moab. And everything looked like God is here too. God is prospering me too until suddenly, one by one by one, three deaths. See, Job also had deaths in his home. Job's children died. Job's children died. While Job worshipped God and he made sure that even accidentally, No sin should be in his house and he always sacrificed every time his children had the feast. And all the children did was, all children came together to celebrate. They were not celebrating with heathens and doing wrong things. But even amongst his children, he was so careful to preserve that holiness. And he was a holy father of that family. Someone who feared the Lord so much who worshiped God all the time. When Naomi lost her sons and her husband, due to leaving her protection that God had for her, which is the land of Israel, and she went to Noab, and everything looked fine for a short time until disaster struck her home. Job was a righteous man of God who never left the presence of God. Satan envied him. He brought his name up. Satan envied him. Heaven knew him. God was so proud of him. God looked at Satan he said, have you considered my servant Job? Oh, Satan said, oh, I know him too well. He was the talk of heaven and the talk of hell. Such a righteous man of God. But he lost all his children. Suffered so much in his body. Oh, he was within the will of God, but why did disaster strike him? Didn't we see in Proverbs this morning? That the fear of the Lord tends to life and he who has it shall abide satisfied and he shall not be visited with evil. Is God's word true? All of Job's children died and all the material blessings he had came down to nothing and he himself was struck with an illness. Oh, he was visited with evil. Is God's word false? Naomi left the God of Israel. she also had death in her home. A lot of times, what happens to the righteous and what happens to the wicked, from outside it may look like the same. Or people who disobey have sickness. People who don't disobey have sickness. And people who disobey have loss. And people who don't have, don't disobey God have loss too. So what's the difference here? The difference here is, those who follow God and those who are faithful to God, they Shall not be visited with evil. This is where Romans 828 becomes a reality. Whatever happens to them, it's only a platform for God to be glorified. Lazarus got sick and he died. He was not visited with evil. No. It was for God to be glorified there. The man who was born blind was not visited with evil. Yes. He had a physical condition. Yes, he suffered, but that was not a visitation of evil. No. It was for God's glory to be revealed. It was for him to see Jesus when he opened his eyes for the first time. For him to behold the Son of God. The first person that he would ever see was Jesus. The face of God. God's people who are upright before God are never visited with evil. Even if they have to go suffering, that's not a visitation of evil. That's something good that is taking place. Yes, in the midst of sickness, it is good. Why? Because he's working it out for something far glorious. That's the difference. The difference between the righteous suffering and the unrighteous suffering is a big difference. It's like the difference of heaven and hell. Yes, Naomi went through suffering. It was as a result of sin, a lot of tears. And when she came back to Israel, she came back having everything lost. Until she returned to God, she had everything taken from her. Who took it? Satan took it. She left the protection of God. Everything was gone. For Job, everything was gone. Job was not visited with evil. God had a double portion waiting for Job. It was a process. Job was becoming like gold. Yes, he had to go through the furnace, but he was becoming like gold. His faith was becoming like gold. There's something glorious that is happening for Job. Oh, for Naomi, that's not the case. For Naomi, she had to repent. She had to go back to the God of Israel in order for her to survive in order for her to be blessed by God. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. We have to know the purpose of what we're going through and why we're going through. Never lump the good with the bad and the bad with the good. We have to be able to see the way we ought to. And differentiate between evil and good. We need to have the faith in God's word. If I'm walking uprightly before God. I will not be visited with evil. No matter what happens. I'm not visited with evil. I will not be visited with evil. Whatever is happening is good. It is good. It is good. It is good. It is good. Because he works all things together for my good. It is good. We need to be people who will praise Him in every circumstance, in every situation, if we are walking uprightly before Him, if we fear Him. This guy, this king, who is supposed to be in his life, who is supposed to be someone who should be inquiring his God, he is going after the heathen king. God sees it. God saw when Naomi left Israel and went to Moab. She just left her God there too. When she got, got out of God's will, she left her God. Anytime you get outside God's will, God is not with you, remember? You don't take God with you when you go outside God's will. God is no longer with you when you're outside God's will. The angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, the prophet Elijah. Arise, go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and say to them, is it because there's no God in Israel that you're going to inquire of? Baal Zabab, the God of Ekron. Because you rejected God and because you went to hear something that will suit your itching ears, hear what God says. What's happening? You'll be visited with evil. You have no fear of the Lord. So you will be visited with evil. What kind of a prophecy is that? Prophecy of death. This is what is going to happen to you. You departed from the living God. You had no fear of God. You ran to the God of Ekron. You shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. You shall surely die. True servants of God fear no man. True prophets of God fear no man. They will say what God says as it is, whether it's a king or whether it's a pauper on the street. No matter who it is, they will say God's word for what it is and that's what Elijah did. You can say, oh, I don't want to hurt your feelings. And, you know, why don't you just come back to the God of Israel and, and maybe, you know, you can live? No. He said word for word what God told him to. He said, because you've done wickedly, because you left the Lord God and you went to the devil for answers here. But God has to say, he is the one who is in charge of life and death. And you know what he's giving you over to? Death. You go to the devil. God will say, I'll give you over to death. Because Satan is the Lord of death. You shall die. Elijah said this, and he left. When the messengers returned to him. He said to them, why have you come back? Cause I don't think you really made it. You came too soon. What happened? So they said to him, a man came to meet us and said to us, go return to the king who sent to you and say to him, thus says the Lord. And, and he's telling the whole thing again. And he knew, he knew who this could have been. Because he knew that Elijah the prophet will speak for God and will speak the truth. That's why he avoided him. And he sent them to the devil. Will the devil give anything true? Will the devil give you the truth? Will the devil be able to help you with anything? No, what a deception. He's leaving the God of Israel and he's going to the God of Ekron. Because he wanted to hear what he wanted to hear. Satan will lie to you and lie to you till you get to the grave where you can't hear anymore. Be very careful. Be very careful. Who is on the Lord's side? Moses asked that in the wilderness after people worshipped the golden calf. He said, who is on the Lord's side? The Levites came. They became worthy of serving the Lord because they took a stand for righteousness and did not compromise because it was their family and executed the righteousness of God. Therefore, God said, you're worthy to serve me. Now, this man who wanted to hear what he wanted to hear said, let me send my people to go to the God of lies so that he can lie, so that I can feel good. There are many people who have feel-good preachers. I want pastors who will not offend me. I want pastors who will not hurt my feelings. I want pastors who will lie to me and always appreciate me and always put me on a pedestal and always say, you're doing good, you're excellent. There's no one like you well, why don't you come and serve here? Why don't you do this here? Until they get to the grave. They will like people who lie to them. That's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. This king wanted someone who would Prophesy to him what he wanted to hear. Say, say something good. Say something good. Say something good. There's someone who was wicked. Now he fell and he got hurt. Instead of turning to God and repenting and seeking God for mercy, he added sin upon sin to himself where he's sending his messengers now to the devil, basically. The God of Ekron. God who sees all things says, well, let me show you who's over life and death. And he sent Elijah the prophet. God sees everything. He didn't send Elijah the moment that the king fell, no. He didn't send Elijah the moment when the king called his servants and told them, go to the God of Ekron and find out, no. He let them go for a distance and then suddenly the prophet came and he pronounced a curse upon the king. Now this man very well knew. That's why he's describing Elijah right away. This man very well knew. Once he heard, oh, this is who he is. He said, oh, I know him. And you would have thought, this is the guy I didn't want to face. Look at that. As the people come and they tell him, this is who he was. He said, I know who he is. This the reason why he's actually asking the description of who it was. In his heart, he knew Who he was. He just wanted to confirm because this guy was wicked. Instead of turning to God, he chose to stay in his sin and look for someone who will lie to him while he is in sin. God said, that's not going to happen. So now, when the king confirmed that it was Elijah, the king, this king, he was doomed to die, destined to die. He's sending 50 people, the captain. Go. Go to this prophet of God. So now, These people are coming, an arrogant people, coming from this wicked king. They're coming, verse 9, very important verse 2, pay attention to what the Spirit of God is speaking. Then the king sent to him a captain of 50 with his 50 men. So he went up to him, and there he was, sitting on the top of a hill who was sitting on top of the hill not the king it was Elijah the prophet and he spoke to him man of God the king has said come down as if the man of God is under the king's control and the king is over the man of God oh this guy sorely misunderstood Elijah was about the king because he was serving God Almighty. He was serving the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He was a messenger of the king of kings and the Lord of lords, empowered by God's power. Those guys forgot that his king was tiny before God. And this was a prophet who actually pronounced death over this man. He has that much power. But this guy didn't have any fear. He's coming here commanding him. He's saying man of God, which means prophet of God. The king has said, come down. Well, You have an order from the king, come down. So Elijah is saying this. If I'm a man of God, that means if I serve God, if I'm the prophet of God, and he said, let me show you who has more power. A showdown is taking place here. He said, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your fifty men. You're coming here and trying to boss over the prophet of God. You're coming here trying to say that the king has ordered for you to come. Where Elijah is sitting doing the will of God on top of the mountain. You're saying like, come down right now. Trying to get him outside God's will by threatening Elijah showed God's power. He showed who he was. He said, if I am the man of God, he said, let fire come down from heaven and consume you in the 50 minutes. Well, you say I'm a man of God, you say I'm a prophet. Do you know what it means? Do you know the weight of it? Do you know what God can do? Do you know that the spirit of God, the anointing of God is there? Do you know that? Or you just say, man of God, come down. Do you know what you're talking about? Let me show you. He said, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. To get this one prophet, you have a big captain and fifty men coming. Interesting. Similar thing happened when they came to get Jesus. To get that one man, young man, 33 and a half years old. To get that one person who was just going around healing the sick, They had to come with swords and clubs and everything. With Roman soldiers. Because they knew the power of God. So even with that. The delusion is when they think that my power can overpower you. I know you have power. But I'm bringing manpower. He thought. "Careful, okay, for one person will go 50 people will go. We should be able to threaten him with our sight. And bring him down. The man of God is a real man of God. When he. Does not give into any of the threatenings of the enemy. You're telling me to come down? Devil? Devil inspired people? I'm not going to do what you're telling me to do. Let me show you what my God can do. Let me show you who I'm really in the presence of God. Who I really am in the presence of God. And as soon as he said let fire come down because he was a true prophet of god god endorsed his word and sent fire from heaven and consumed him and his fifty miracles come from the living god and it comes only from god and when god confirms his word through signs and wonders it is for god it is for god to show the people there that god is right there with the servant of god god is right there upon the servant of God God is right there confirming the word that is coming out of the mouth of Elijah a life of no compromise a great servant of God man of God of no compromise the prophet of God that's why he had power he did not fear This king, he did not fear the captain. He did not fear the men. He spoke God's word as it is. And this is why God confirmed his word. when he said, let fire come down, fire came down. And he was also not doing anything on his own accord. You see, you see, in the next few verses, you will see. There's a divine intervention and he listens to the spirit of God leading him. So even the judgment of God that he pronounced there, it's not on his own. Because true servants of God won't do anything on their own. Jesus said this, I, I do what I see my father do. That's exactly how Elijah was too. And the spirit of God moved him to bring fire from heaven, to consume all those people. He did it. It was the zeal of the Lord and the spirit of God that led him to pass the judgment. It was the judgment of God. All of them were dead. Consumed by fire. Then he sent to him another captain of 50 with his 50 men. So the same thing happened the second time too. Now, whoever was there, they went and saw, they told the king. Because so these 50 guys, and the captain didn't come back. And he would have inquired what happened. So he sent 50 more. The same thing happens. The next set of guys who came and the captain had no fear of God. They're coming and doing the same foolish thing over there, standing in front of the prophet of God and trying to command over there. O man of God, thus as the king said, come down quickly. You better come down right now. So Elijah answered and said to him, if I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you in the 50 minutes. I'm not coming down. Let fire come down and take care of you. You're trying to threaten me? I'm going to show you the real thing right here. The real power I have. And what happened? All 50 gone. Now, the third captain of 50, he came with his 50 people. He had the fear of God. He escaped God's judgment. He had the fear of God. What did he do to escape the judgment of God? What did he do? He came and fell on his knees before Elijah and pleaded with him and said to him, man of God, please let my life and the life of these 50 servants of yours be precious in your sight. He humbled himself and genuinely he prayed. Genuinely he pleaded. It's not like, okay, I just need to escape and uh, let me just say, make sure that there's no fire coming from heaven and then let me do evil. No. He was someone who really feared God and who really wanted the judgment of God averted and so he was pleading with the prophet of God please let my life and the life of these 50 servants of yours be precious in your sight and he's telling look the fire came and devastated the first two troops Gone. let it not happen to me let it not happen to me when you see destruction around and you see destruction and judgment of God falling and have fallen before the smartest thing to do is fall on your knees before God fall flat before God and, and plead with him for mercy this is what the smart guy did And God had mercy on him. So, you see here, he's pleading with the prophet Elijah, and guess who is speaking here? Who is speaking here? The Spirit of God is moving here. The angel of the Lord has been sent now because the Spirit of God, the anointing of God that was upon Elijah is working moving the spirit of god was upon him is moving so the angel of god is now saying go down with him don't be afraid of him so he arose and went down with him to the king until then it was the spirit of god who said bring down fire from heaven because it was god who said it and every time he said it fire came down from heaven now when this guy is pleading with elijah who is actually in between the guy and Elijah? I've said this before. The anointing of God. When you face the true servant of God, between you and the true servant of God is the anointing of God, the Spirit of God standing. When you act tough and when you act hardy and proud, you dash yourself against the big rock that is in front of you. That's how two troops got burned. and the third one comes and he's talking he's pleading with Elijah who is he actually pleading with the spirit of God who is upon Elijah when he's saying Lord oh, have mercy on me have mercy on me you see the angels of the Lord now telling him go go down with him because the Lord spoke to him here he goes down his message didn't change because God just softened up a little bit and and spread these guys who came and cried out. They didn't die. But the message after Elijah did not change. Because he was a mighty man of God, a servant of God. So when he went to this king of Samaria, he said exactly what God told him to say. What he told his servants before, he's saying the same thing here. No change. Before the servants and before the king, he's the same. No compromise. Because he's higher than the king. Because he serves the living God. Because God was freely operating through him. So he was not going to say a mushy prophecy for him, saying that, oh, king, I know you're the king of Samaria, and I know you're very sick, and I don't want to feel, make you feel bad, and I don't want you to get depressed while you're about to die. Let me just make you feel happy and say something positive. No. when the grace of God runs out, there's no room for repentance, remember. Elijah was not calling here for this king to repent. He pronounced what he pronounced before. Because you have sent messengers to inquire of Baalzebub, the god of Ekron. Is it because there is no god in Israel to inquire of his word? So He's saying, because this. You shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up but you shall surely die. What God said came to pass. Verse 17. What God said came to pass. Very important to get God's blessing and not get God's curse. It's very important to humble ourselves in the presence of God and full God's servants. It's very important. We need to know the word of God. Not take things for granted and And act tough and die like the fool. When we need help, we need to turn to God and turn to the truth. Not look for false gods who lie and then get a curse from God. Which will lead to distress and to death. It is important to do that which is right before God. If this king would have repented and turned to God when there was time, which was when he fell, to send to the man of God, the prophet of God, we call him and say, I've sinned greatly. I'm not going to live this way anymore. Pray for me. Our God, who is slow to anger, plenty and mercy, would have altered the course of this guy. But he didn't do that. Instead, he chose to go to Satan. At that point, whatever last bit of grace that he had was removed. It was over. Once God says it's finished, then it's finished. Because the Lord God was so gracious. He sees the end from the beginning. And he knows after this point. Even if you give him a thousand times, he's not going to make use of it. Because only when your conscience is dead, can you go to Satan. Satan. God is speaking to our hearts today. Don't kill your conscience. I want to take you to the scripture. Let's just go here in the New Testament. I'm just going to give you the reference for it. Let's just go to 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 19. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 19 I'm going to read in different translations as the Holy Spirit wants me to so let me read from the new king james version having faith and a good conscience which some have rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck I'm going to read ESV, English Standard Version. Holding faith and a good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith. What did they reject? What did they reject? They rejected the good conscience that God gave. They rejected trusting in God. What has happened to them? They have made shipwreck of their faith. I'm going to take you to New Living Translation. Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences as a result. Their faith has been shipwrecked. You know that. You live and you move and you have your being in Jesus Christ by faith. You know that. We walk by faith and not by sight. You know that you live by the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. You know that without faith it's impossible to please God. You know that the just shall live by faith and we shall be justified by faith. You know that without faith there's no life. And Satan will come after God's people for their faith. You also know that your faith will be tested. And those who have weak faith will end up abandoning their faith. And this is why it's important to strengthen your faith by giving yourselves over to God's word. It's important you cling to your faith in Christ Jesus. That means your faith can be taken away from you. Satan is after your faith. When I talk about faith. I'm not talking about. Oh I believe in Jesus. No. Anybody can say that. The Bible says even demons say that. And they go an extra step. About many of the Christians these days. They even tremble. Supposedly they have the fear of God. That many Christians don't have. But. No works to substantiate that faith. You say you have faith. Show it. Satan comes to take that faith. What is that? What what faith is that? The real faith. Faith that talks, walks, and acts. Satan comes for that faith. And God says here, cling to your faith. Hold on to your faith. And... Keep your conscience clear. Don't stain it. For people who willfully do it. Who have deliberately violated their consciences. What happens? They destroy their fate. They let Satan come. And destroy their fate. They shipwreck their fate. That's how people who once were saved who lose their salvation by not holding on to their faith by not having a clear conscience playing with sin they shipwreck their faith just because someone went back to their sin and died in their sin doesn't mean that they were never saved to begin with it's a false teaching Your work in Christ begins by faith in Christ. Through his grace working in you. And the gift of God is for those who avail that, which is put their faith in what Christ has done. And that same saving faith has to continue. This is why the Bible says, hold on to that, hold on to that. Hold on to that faith. It's not an automatic thing. That will automatically grow. You don't have to do anything. If you really got saved, somehow you'll really end up in heaven. No. No. We have given by God the ability to choose. Therefore, we're held accountable. Because we have free will, To choose Jesus every day. To hold on to our faith every day. Satan will try to do everything he can. To see how he can shipwreck that faith. God is speaking to our hearts today. These verses are not written for no reason. God says cling to your faith. Hold on to your faith. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. God is working in you. Make sure you work with him. Make sure. Make sure. Make sure you maintain a good conscience. Don't fool yourself. Make sure. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences. And as a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. You see the choice of man here? You see the choice of man here. Every single person has a choice to make. Every single day. Whether you're going to keep your conscience clear or you're going to stain it. Whether you're going to cling to your faith or you're going to drop it. Give it away. Whether you're going to Continue. In the path of Christ. God is speaking to our hearts today. He who has ears to hear. Let him hear what the spirit of God is speaking at this hour. Cling to your faith in Christ. How can you cling to your faith in Christ? By being a doer of the word. Knowing the word and doing it. Knowing the word and doing it. Make sure. Keep your conscience clear. Live a holy life. That truth be found in the inwardmost parts of being. If you deliberately violate your conscience, that God has put in if you silence it, then your faith will be taken away from you. So this king, who could have, when he fell and got hurt, could have repented did have the time, did have the grace to repent and turn to God by calling the prophet of God to inquire and to receive healing. He made his choice to turn to the God of Ekron because he didn't really want to repent. He thought somehow, I get something that will be told to me that will make me feel good and somehow I will live. You call the delusion. When you give yourself over to the sin, there'll be a point where right will look wrong and wrong will look right. Very scary place to be in. The king who had this prophet right there. The God of Israel right there. Chose not to go there because he did not want to hear the truth. If I hear the truth, oh my God. The prophet is going to say something bad. He's going to say, repent or you're going to die. Repent. I don't want to repent. I don't want to hear him pronounce judgment either. I don't want to see his face. Let me just go elsewhere where I can hear glad tidings and good news well the God who saw everything he didn't let his servants go he's time by letting them go to the heathen gods instead he said I'll stop you right here I'll stop you right here because they don't have power over your body they don't have power over your soul I do And God sent his servant, Elijah, his prophet. Go and tell what I tell. And the prophet of God came and said, word for word, what God gave. To his servants and then to his king. A true man of God. Who feared no one. Always spoke what God wanted him to speak. And this is the reason why. God sent chariots of fire for him to take him home. He was someone who pleased God so much. God is speaking to our hearts this night. Where are you standing in your relationship with God? If you're doing the will of God, know for sure. God will stand with you just like how he stood with Elijah. No weapon that is formed against you will prosper. No weapon, no weapon that shall be formed against you shall ever prosper. Cannot. God will stand with you. God will stand with you. If you stand with God, God will stand with you. God himself will wipe out your enemies. God himself will wipe out your enemies. If you stand with God, God will use you. If your life is without a compromise. God will use you. God will trust you and he'll give his words to you. To give to those. Who need to hear what that includes warnings too. And when God gives you a warning. If you don't take it seriously. If you try to run to hear. What others will say. I want to hear what I want to hear. And know for sure. God will give you over to. Death. Spiritual death. The spirit of lies. It's very important. Not to deliberately violate your conscience. But to cling to your faith in Christ. And to keep your conscience clear. If you do that. You'll grow strong in faith. But if you violate your conscience. Then your faith will be shipwrecked. You will shipwrecked and you will not make it to heaven. You will not make it to heaven. Those who shipwreck their faith will not make it to heaven. Because it's impossible to please God without faith. You need faith to enter into the kingdom of heaven. The same faith you had when you got saved. The Bible says that you must grow in that faith every day. If you should break your faith, you cannot make it. God is speaking to our today. Take the word of God very seriously. Take the word of God very seriously. Those who try to come mess with the servants of God, God will mess with them, make sure. You know that and be very careful. And if you are standing on the Lord's side, those who try to mess with you, God will make sure that he will take care of them. Is the promise God is giving to you. You don't have to worry and fear. Any human being, any anyone. Jesus said this don't fear those who kill your body. It has no power over your soul. Rather fear God, who is able to cast both your body and your soul in hell. God is the one you must fear. God is the one you must serve. Not anyone else. Not anyone else. When that threat comes, and the words of the enemy comes to say, well, I'm going to kill you. If you don't listen to me, and if you don't come down, if you have God in your side, you can talk to God and God will act on your behalf. You don't have to fear the devil. You don't have to fear devilish people's threats. God will act on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal towards him. God will stand by your side to make sure he will take care of your enemies. God will do that. God will do that. Yes, God will do that. God will stand with you To show himself strong. The Bible says. God will show himself strong. On behalf of those whose hearts are loyal towards him. That's what he did with Elijah. He was even able to go to the king. And directly tell the king. What the prophecy was. Prophesied the same thing to him. And what he said. Happened. Whatever God says will always happen. It's very important to receive God's blessings and not receive any curse. May God speak to our hearts at this hour. Hold on to your faith and have a good conscience. Don't be careless with that. And don't shipwreck your faith. No matter what happens. Turn to God for help. Don't go to the enemy for comfort. Don't go to the enemy for answers. Don't go to the enemy for healing. Don't go to the enemy for support. That's what this king did. Because he knew. A going to the prophet is going to be he's going to tell the truth, and he's going to tell me as it is, I don't want to do that. He inherited death for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Shall we pray, Father, thank you, Lord, for this evening hour Lord you've been faithful you gave your word just in time Lord your strength is so great you're an awesome God and you gave what you intended in your heart to give to your people this night and thank you Thank you for strengthening your vessel today so that your word can be delivered. Bless your people. No Christian, no matter how you feel, no matter what happens, should never go to a palm reader, should never go to a tarot card reader, should never go to a soothsayer, Never go to a medium. Never go to Satan for any kind of assistance. Never go to a witch. Never go to people who are practicing witchcraft for any kind of help. Whether it's monetary help or physical help or whatever help it may be. If you know someone is dabbling in the occult, don't have any dealings with them. It's God who sees it. Will take action. God who sees it will take action. God is speaking to the heart's desires. No matter what it is, stay clear from the occult. Stay clear from the works of darkness. Stay clear from the workers of darkness. Stay clear from those who partner with hell. Because they will take you to the depths of hell. Stay clear from that. Father, thank you Lord for this evening hour. Thank you for your promise that you have given Lord. That you are always with us. When we are with you. That you will defend us and protect us. As you have said in Psalm 91. That you will be there for us. And you will do mighty things for us, just like you did for your servant Elijah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this great promise that you've given this night. That we have more power than the powers of darkness. Yes, the enemy will come. God will allow the enemy to come and threaten. That's how much permission he's received. That's it. Nothing more than that. It's important for your people to have you by your side all the time. Even when the enemy comes, not to fear, but to know that your power is greater than the powers of darkness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Help your people to be sincere in all things. Help your people to live a life about reproach. Help your people, Lord, to live a life that is honoring to you, Happy people, Lord, to repent while it's day, wherever they have to repent, whatever they have to do to get things right, Father, I pray that the God of glory may continue to do a glorious work in your people. I thank you, I praise you, in Jesus' name, I pray, amen.